hello and welcome back to God Drugs Laughs Podcast. I am your host, Rob. And I am your host, Matt. Matt has suddenly ha- got a sexy voice or something, yeah. you know what I mean? It's me. Yeah, so that is actually my wife, Becca. Say hi, Becca. Hey, guys. Honored to be Matt, but also honored to be here as myself. Absolutely. So I uh, just wanted to give you all a heads up on Matt. I know we had said that he would be back this week, but um, he is still, Matt wanted me to say this, that he's still working through the death of his father. So he's still, uh, you know, grieving and mourning and stuff like that. And not not quite ready to get back on the podcast, but he will be back soon, you know, as soon as he does that. But I have some special guests lined up uh, until he is ready. And so our special guest this week is my wife, Becca. She's going <laughs> to tell you all my dirty secrets. hey You better not. <laughs> um, all right. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, my beautiful wife, how's your week been? My week has been a little hectic, but um, it's been pretty good. You know, about three minutes before we walked in here, our daughter Brighton was kissing a little miniature Funko Pop figurine of Dwight Schrute from The Office. So I feel like there's nothing to complain about. We're raising her well. That's right. I mean, if there is any man I want her to kiss, it would be Dwight Schrute. Yeah, I feel like that's problematic if we think about it, but... (laughs) It's fine. I'm going to go with it because I love Dwight. And you like beets. So he's a beet farmer. So yeah. that would work out. This well, good. Meant to be. Yeah. My week's been pretty good as well. I thought I'd start sharing funny things my students say. Oh, and so please. I'll share one a week. <laughs> and so I was walking into school at 730 in the morning when we arrive. And some of the students are already there because they get dropped off a little early. And as I walk up, one of the students looks at me and goes, Mr. Rob, great news. And I go, what? And he says, I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I guess well, hallelujah. He, was, he was playing a joke the day before. He had stuff packed under his shirt that I didn't know about. But yeah, <laughs> Mr. Rob, I'm not pregnant anymore. You can chalk that up to some things you never thought you'd hear one of your students say. Oh, I should say this. Sorry, I didn't preface it with, I have an all-boys class. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that Important might, information. Yes. Um, if only he knew there was more to being pregnant than just having something stuck underneath your shirt. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> I know that personally. Yeah, So obviously. Well, awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on, Becca. Thank you. And Thank the you. The way we do things here is we kick it off with five questions of the week. Are you ready? You know, I'm an avid podcast listener, but I'll be honest, not prepared. So bring it on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Five Questions with Matt and Rob. Yeah. Get up out of your seat. Shake it. All right. Well, here we go. And we actually have a special edition because I'm actually going to ask you random questions I found on a website called Fun Questions for Married Couples to Answer. Oh, what uh, a treat. <laughs> yes. So Should I be nervous or nah? Uh, nervous, excited, exhilarated because you're sitting in the room with me right now. I know. Um, we're on a date. It's pretty yeah. sexy. 
We haven't been on a date in three years. <laughs> Something like that. All right, here's the first question for you, Becca. This is a good one. If we won $1 million, how would you spend it? Or how would you like to spend it? Um, wow. I mean, we have a spending, you have a spending streak predominantly relative to um, figurines. Wait, so we're going to kick this off with, well, you have a spending streak? <laughs> All right, let's not talk about your target. I'm runs. just saying that we're we're pretty uh, budget conscious. We don't just go out and spend a ton of money on things. So it's hard to fathom having a million dollars. But my first thought was that you would buy a lot of wrestling figurines. Okay. Um, You're not lying. <laughs> I mean, I feel a beach condo coming on, kind of something we've always talked about yeah. having one day. So million dollars that's a pretty baller beach condo that is that though is. in this real estate market it could be like a one bedroom one bath so Meh. that's true <laughs> i would live there too uh so i should i feel like i should say this for the listeners i am not currently a wrestling fan in the sense that i watch wrestling all the time but i do collect old school wrestling figurines because of the nostalgia effect Haters going to hate, and I don't care. So here's what I would do with a million dollars. First thing I would do, I wouldn't go towards figurines. I would buy a warehouse close to the beach, because that's where our condo is going to be. I'm so intrigued. And I'd use, you know, three of the, the spaces to rent out. But I'd use the other 10 to fill up with lowrider cars that I'm going to buy. I thought you were going to say lowrider wiener dogs. Nope. We could do that, too, because we do have a lowrider wiener dog named Larry the Lowrider. And he's my best friend, by far. <laughs> by far. What's that saying about Burn. my wife? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I would get a bunch of those, but I'm down with the, I'm down with the condo, some tattoos, maybe some hair replacement surgery for me, so I, I wouldn't have to be surgery. bald. Yeah, <laughs> I would like that, like a cadaver's hair. I think it's just called transplant hair transplant. <laughs> Whatever. All right, here's number two. Are you ready? Bring it. Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Um, let's see. If you could be famous, who would you choose to be? Oh, oh man. Um, I have mine. Would you like me to yeah, go? Yeah, you go first. It's going to be short and sweet. I would be Brad Pitt. Naturally, you because look he's sexy very as similar. hell. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, mother-in-law. He is so sexy, oh. and all the women would think I was so hot. Oh man, um, I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I just breezed past that. Um, I already think you're so hot. Oh, thanks. I I would be Mindy Kaling. Oh, explain who that is. She is my favorite actress. She is Kelly on The Office. She's also Mindy from The Mindy Project. Yes. Up amongst many other things. She's hilarious. She's beautiful. She's feisty. She's sassy. She's just got a lot of qualities I really like. And she probably could afford like a hundred condos all over the world. And a hundred wiener dogs. Yeah, because she was a producer on The Office as well, right? Yeah. Ballin'. She's produced a lot of stuff. She's, all right. she's a cool girl. I don't think she's ever met Brad Pitt. Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> all right. 
Number three, do you love the idea of jury duty or would you rather get out of it? <laughs> um, I've actually never had jury duty, so I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I'm, I'm cool to pass. Oh, okay. Fun fact, Becca's parents live in Kentucky in this very small county. And so if you get called for jury duty, what is it? You have to do it for six months, right? Something crazy, something crazy like that. Like you are, you are the jury yeah, and, it's and not maybe really, the judge. Not really official. Hey, we had a murder last week. Come on down to the courthouse. We're going to take care of this. <laughs> so Ooh, That sounds like a nightmare. I know. I, I love small town living sounds fun though. Uh, I would actually, depends on what the crime is. If it was a murder, I want to be on it, right? Because I am a true crime fan. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much solve murders as it is, just yeah. on my own. So sure. I think it, yeah, I think <laughs> it would be good. Now, here's a question for you. What if it was a situation like it turns into the next O.J. Simpson trial, and you are on that jury, and I don't know how long that went on, an incredibly long time. It's oh. like your whole life. Are you into that? Yeah. Okay, first of all, I know you're a guest, but I asked the questions here. Okay? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> um. What I mean, do I, I like guess that's a you, lot of pressure? I guess you don't get paid though, do you? High profile case, yeah. It depends on what the lunch was. Like, if they're bringing in some good lunch, it is world's best slice of pizza, Sabaro. Yes, and I get to stay in a hotel for that whole time by myself. Sign me up, introvert. <laughs> good question. All right, number four. So, you get six questions. All right, does that mean I'm special? This is a, well, those are deep. I'll ask you one deep question. If you got to choose your death, what would it be from? I don't want to answer that. Okay. We'll skip that one. <laughs> you should, I mean, you can say I die in my sleep. I at old age. am an eternal optimist and I don't like to think about death. Okay. I am the opposite. <laughs> I would die saving um, a village of children from harm. Like, Admirable. Freeing them and being known worldwide. Look at this man. He didn't have hair, but he had courage, strength, power. And which would you rather have? His loins were strong. Hair or courage? <sighs> That's a tough one. Let me pray about that one. All right. So here's number four. Speaking of dead things, do you think ghosts exist? Uh, everything in me wants to say no. But oh, surprising. occasionally I um, sit in when you're watching a show about ghosts or mm. talking about ghost stories. And, Ooh. you know, some of them sound too real to not be believable. Okay. That's surprising to me. But for myself, no. Yeah. So one of my favorite things, probably my top five favorite things to do is like have, not that we always do this, but when you're around people and you start telling ghost stories, like I love that. I always tell the ghost story of my, like, I don't know if it's a ghost story or not, but like my, my uh, stepdad, he was, his first, never mind, I'm not, I shouldn't tell that. <laughs> Should I? All right. So his, his first marriage, before he married my mom, he was um, obviously with his wife and his wife's sister was staying over. They only had a one bedroom apartment. And so she was sleeping on the ground next to the bed. And he said he woke up in the middle of the night and he looked up and there were two red like eyes Ooh. above his door. And he was like squinting at it. Like, what is that? 
And then um, all the smoke started like rolling into the room. <laughs> and he said he, now Becca obviously knows my stepdad, um, Wendell, who unfortunately passed away this week or this year. So we miss him. Love you, Wayne. I hope you're a ghost right now haunting us. It'd be fun. Um, <laughs> we'd love to see you. And um, I'll accept that, yeah. Wayne ghost. But you only Wendell would do this. So <laughs> he looks over at his. Uh, wife's sister and she's sitting straight up and he looks at her and goes do you see that and she turns her head towards him and goes go back to sleep what does he do he goes back to sleep isn't that only a window thing (laughs) when he's like all right all right i'll go back to sleep (laughs) um yeah that's a ghost story so yeah i don't i don't know I, i I like to get spooked out by it, but I don't think I really believe in ghosts. I mean, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Oh. Hey. <laughs> Is that she a Jesus joke? She brought it back to God. <laughs> now, let me tell you what drugs Becca's been doing. Sweet. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Here's the last one. I think we're on number five. Okay. Let me pick a good one. What is one thing you have never told me? Uh, intentionally never told you or just a little something something about yeah. me that you don't know yeah whatever doesn't okay. have to be anything serious um god knows i don't want to share do you know or have you ever noticed that i hold hands with my feet i feel like if i would have noticed that we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now because <laughs> w- yeah i'm doing it right now are you the table? let me look you're like interlocked with your feet. <laughs> it's romantic. That's so weird. I don't think I ever knew that was a weird thing. Probably until like living with roommates in college or something. I mean, my sister made fun of me about it. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess no one else ever knew. I've never noticed you do that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a thing that um, a couple people like really have noticed and like still remember yeah that's interesting that's a good one (laughs) um i guess the big thing remember when there were all those charges on the credit card for like a thousand dollars sure it's like a year ago and i said oh those somebody must have hacked into our account and the bank like that was me that's where all these figurines came from no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, I've ever told you that one time I ate six Whoppers in one weekend. Bull makes me want to vom. Um, I guess it no. doesn't sound like a lot, but it does sound like a lot. Yeah, I was in middle school. My girlfriend just broke up with me. Oh, sad day. I was hanging out with a friend, actually in Stark, Florida, the metropolis. Yeah, and I just pounded some Whoppers to drown my sorrows. I mean, it's better than drugs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Food was definitely my drug before drugs. So, well, awesome. I feel like I had one more to ask you. You said there were six, but I won't hold you to it. Did I just say six? I unclear. Completely lost it. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening to our five questions of the week. Becca, you did amazing. How do you feel? I feel like a superstar. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) All right. So you know what time it is now. Here we go. Here is your topic 
All right, so here is our topic of the week. Marriage is not exactly what I thought it would be. Say what? Bom, bom, bom. <laughs> so you know me. Well, we, we like to keep it real over here, so Becca and I do as well. Yep. So we're just going to talk about marriage a little bit. So first of all, we'll tell our love story. Uh, Becca, do you want to share some of that? It's for the way you look at me. At me. Yes, very romantic. Yeah, we could. Okay, just go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Rob and I were connected by a mutual friend that thought that we would hit it off. She was like, I mean, I at least know you guys would laugh and have a good time together and be friends. So (laughs) what's the worst that could happen? This is true. So I had always said no to being set up because typically it's like the only other single person that they know. And then she saw my picture. Maybe they're a little bit weird. This guy is so good looking. Maybe they're in their mid-50s and you're in your 20s. I was in my (laughs) mid-30s. So I just always said no, never had like a good feeling. Anyway, this was a good friend and I felt like she knew me well enough to be trusted with such an endeavor as a love connection. And so I said, sure, why not? Whoa. And then... So I lived in Central Florida at the time, and Rob lived in Jacksonville. Duval. By the way, I've been calling Brighton Lil Duval all week. Yes. She didn't (laughs) know there was a rapper, comedian, called Lil Duval. Yeah. It's real cute, though. (laughs) (laughs) Brighton's our daughter, by the way. Um, So, yeah. uh, We drove halfway. And met for the first time in a Harley Davidson parking lot in I, Palm Coast, Florida. Excuse me, I was on my Harley. That's not true. <laughs> I would have been more attracted to you with my shirt off. <laughs> um, and we'd been talking over Facebook Messenger and had then progressed to texting and talking on the phone once. Yeah, once, because I don't like to talk on the phone. <laughs> So all that to say, I didn't know what to expect when I stepped out of the car and saw you shirtless on your Harley, (laughs) (laughs) because I just didn't really, you know, I just didn't know, didn't know what I didn't know. Um, Got out of the car, walked towards you, and Rob proceeded to give me a hand hug, which is like a high five that lingers and your thumb wraps around the back of the other person's hand. Try it. It's a lot of fun. It's incredibly intimate. (laughs) In my version, we both get out of the car. You get out. The wind blows. You automatically smell my cool water cologne. (laughs) And you're hooked. Mm, Smells good. Yeah. (laughs) Was I wearing a hat? No. Interestingly, you were not wearing a hat and you were also not wearing glasses. You were wearing contacts. And I've never again seen you without glasses 
and hardly without a hat. <laughs> That's right. You got to play the game. You know what I'm saying? Just to you got to play the game, players. <laughs> play on. Yeah. So we uh, we met. We spent a full day together um, in St. Augustine, wandering around, shooting the breeze, and kissing everywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> kissing by the bay, though. No. Okay, you're right. <laughs> and yeah, I thought I this guy's pretty cool. And yeah, just, what was your first impression? Well, I thought you were much more attractive in person than you were in the pictures hey, now, I ladies. stalked on Google. That's true. Yeah. So when you're checking out my pictures on Facebook, go, oh, this guy, he's much more attractive in person. <laughs> just know it only gets better. <laughs> um, yeah, that was truly my first impression. Awesome. Yeah, we had a fun day. I remember we went on a ghost tour. We right? did. Yep. Gentlemen, listen up. Get out your notebook, pen, write this down. First date, take them on a ghost tour. They get close to you. Put your arm around them. This is what I did to Becca. I said, come on over here, baby. I'll protect you. Mm, I was so scared. That's yeah, true. It's true. <laughs> so that was our first date. And then um, tell us about the Applebee's breakup. Oh, dear. <laughs> I didn't know I was have to... Dredge up these horrible memories. Um, I break up in style, by the way. <laughs> Rob and I had been dating, I don't know, my timeline's really skewed, but probably for a year or so, maybe a little more. And um, I really liked him. I didn't think he really liked me. He wasn't sold on me. Um, <clears throat> still not. <laughs> and... Anyway, I knew that it was at a point of uh, we had to decide, move forward or cut it off. So we met halfway for dinner at the Applebee's. Before we were vegans. Yep. Well, vegan slash vegetarian. <laughs> I used to love the riblet um, basket at Applebee's. I remember it well. Gentlemen, take out your notebook again. <laughs> if you're going on a date, do not eat riblets. In front of your date. And, I mean, just don't go to Applebee's would also be my advice. But, um, no offense, no offense. Becca grew up with a silver spoon. <laughs> Long John Silver's was a good meal for us. <laughs> um, yeah, and he broke up with me in, in an Applebee's, so... In the parking lot. In the parking lot. I would let you eat your food first. (laughs) So generous. Yeah, and then we went to the parking lot. And I'm like, listen, you know, it's not me, it's you, honestly. (laughs) All right? If you get your stuff together, you know, you can come back. You can try again. Yeah. Is that how it went? Yeah, that's how I remember it, I'm sure. Um, But yeah, we broke up in an Applebee's parking lot, and I drove home. And I cried, and I remember the next day was Halloween. <laughs> really? I had, yeah. to get, I had to get rid of you before Halloween. <laughs> you had big plans had a lot of for Hall- to go to. Halloween 2013. <laughs> big plans. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, you know, what did I do on the way home? <laughs> probably had a Whopper. <laughs> yeah, I was probably eating Whoppers. <laughs> Singing out loud. Who knows? Okay. But then after that. I mean, spoiler alert. 
We did get back together. That's true. <laughs> we are married now. <laughs> okay, so we got back together. And because we lived in separate places, you said, hey, why don't I move up to Jacksonville? Yeah. And every bone in my body shook. I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and so, carry on from there. Yeah, so we ended up deciding somewhat mutually <laughs> that I was going to move to Jacksonville. I have commitment fears, if you haven't noticed. So. <laughs> Nothing do. about Becca, just commitment <laughs> fears. <laughs> Yeah, so I moved to Jacksonville, and we just said, let's date in the same city for a while, see how we like seeing each other on a weekly basis and not just every month or however often. Um, we got a dog the week that I moved to Jacksonville. That's how she hooked me. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I think Nugget Sue really sealed the deal. Yeah. I fell in love with the dog, and I said, well, I guess I'll take the lady, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lanta. Um, yeah, so we were, we got engaged pretty quickly after I moved to Jacksonville, and then married just a few months after that. We awesome were, wedding. Yeah, Yeah, so Becca did an awesome job um, decorating, had a, some huge help from friends. Shout yeah. out to Shay, our wedding coordinator. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Good times. We still live near where we got married, so yeah, it's fun to ride by every now and then. When we're feeling super nostalgic, yeah. we drive by the old wedding venue. When we want to make out in the car, now let's go to the old wedding venue. You made it sound creepy. <laughs> let's go let's over go. to the wedding venue. We might <laughs> see old man Jones. It's also where the ghosts hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got married... 2015? I know we've been married yeah. almost six years. So 2015. And I was at the time a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I was an executive pastor. Was that my title? At a church? Yes. And so shortly after, I don't know how long it was, but I became the lead pastor of the church, right? Yeah. We got married in November. And in May um, is when you became lead pastor. Okay. So I remember telling you that. And yeah. you were you weren't as excited as I thought you were going to be. Actually, I think <laughs> dread came over your face. Tell me what you were thinking about then. What what were you afraid of? Wow. Um I can remember exactly where we were. We were in the living room of our apartment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I knew you had been in a meeting that day and um, came home and you were like, I have something to tell you. <laughs> and I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of how to describe it. I knew that it was something that you had always wanted to happen at some point in your life to be a lead pastor. Um, I had no doubts in your ability to do it. It was probably more selfish of, wow, I am going, I'm already a pastor's wife, but I'm going to be like the pastor's wife. 
and it felt like a lot of pressure and it made me nervous. And I already felt like so much of our life was wrapped up in the church, not in a bad way, just it was basically our whole life, our free time, our fun, our work, our volunteer, everything was mm-hmm. church. And I feel like in in that moment, it all flashed before my mind of like, I'm going to be a pastor's wife more more than I already am. Right. <laughs> and how can we give more than we already are to the church and to the people? And it just made me nervous. Yeah. I mean, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've learned to listen to Becca when she has something like that and she brings up. but. Yeah, I remember that being a big ordeal. I think I was upset with you because you weren't as excited as I was. Um, but yeah, so I became the pastor. And obviously, Becca was very supportive uh, after that initial kind of fear. <laughs> um, yeah, so I became a pastor, the lead pastor. And I feel like things were going well for a while, mm-hmm. right? We had a, a good season. Um, and then... I don't know what, I think it was just, I mean, there was a lot of stress going on, a lot of situations outside of my control that caused a lot of stress on me. And I, I, I'd never been in counseling or anything like that. So I didn't know how to deal with certain aspects of life. Thank God for counseling. Yeah. Go get counseling. Even uh, if you don't think you have anything wrong with you. Go yeah. Get it. So recommend to anyone and everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I would be out and our church wasn't just like a church we worked at. Like that's, that's where we wanted to be rest of our lives. Right. With these mm-hmm. people. And so like, I, you know, we really love them and I would meet with them. And I think because we were so open and honest about our struggles and things like that, other people felt like they could mm-hmm. do that with us, which was the goal. Right. Yeah. But, um, I remember I would come home weeping, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because I was taking all this in, uh, wanting to help these people that I love so dearly, uh, but I didn't have an outlet. I didn't know how to process that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Correctly? Yeah. Correctly. Do you remember that? (laughs) Exactly like I told you you to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I remember that. Um, And it was hard because I didn't know how to help you either you were you were always incredibly good about um not sharing with me things that people had shared with you in confidence um and trying to protect you too well yeah yes um so it was like i would know that something had happened or someone had shared something or whatnot i mean you would give me a bit of context but you would be so upset or depressed or frustrated that you couldn't do something to help a particular person or situation. Um, yeah, it was hard to, hard to watch and not be able to change it. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, in the story, which we've already shared, I eventually started, started turning to other things to help me to get through that stress. Because uh, I didn't know how to handle that in a healthy way. And so I, I know drinking, I was drinking a lot more. 
um, hiding it from you, which is a telltale sign of mm-hmm. addiction, of alcoholism. So I was doing that, and then that's when I got prescribed Adderall mm-hmm. um, and quickly became addicted to that. So when did you pick up something that was wrong? And now our premises was saying that I was lying the whole time when I started to get really, really sick, right? Because I, I was telling everybody I was sick with vertigo, things mm-hmm. like that. But when did you kind of pick up? To be up- fair, you did have vertigo. That's true. <laughs> It was drug-induced. Yeah, it was drug-induced, <laughs> but I could not stand without getting sick. But yeah, I I mean, I really believed you. Sure. Because I had because been an honest person up until this you point, right? You would go from lying down flat and you would stand up and as soon as you stood up, you would vomit. Right. So, I mean, yes, it was self-induced, but it was a real thing. So it was right. like, sure. I was seeing all these visible symptoms and things and just like trying to make sense of them make them into like a particular diagnosis or i don't even remember all the things i went through thinking it could be um i looking back i can see so many signs and things that i'm like wow i cannot believe that i didn't question that or think more of that but at the time i mean i really did not think that you had a problem other than being overworked and stressed out and run down and that cycling into physical manifestations right yeah well i I think that was the hard thing right because i didn't become addicted to substances until I was, I, I don't, I forget how old I was, 37, maybe 38. I don't know. Something. Yeah. But it was totally outside of, of what I had been before that. Yeah. Um, I do believe I was, I had the, um, addictive traits. Yeah. Uh, but I just, it had never been alcohol or um, drugs or anything like that. And so I think that was the hardest thing for you and and my family, right? And, and obviously our friends at church, uh, because I was, I had always been a very honest person about things. So mm-hmm. when I said, Hey, I'm sick like this, and why wouldn't you, you know, just believe that? Yeah. So it had to be an incredibly tough position for y'all. So I'm trying to think back. Um, I mean, eventually it got so bad that I think the church gave me time off, Mm -hmm. right? Our church really loved us well and was like, we'll take a month off, maybe it was, Mm -hmm. just to kind of recoup. And so I did that, came back, and I didn't get help during those 30 days because I didn't know. One, I was lying to myself. Mm -hmm. Even when when I was lying to y'all, I was believing those lies too. Yeah. Um. And so I didn't get help during those 30, day, 30 days. So obviously it continued to be a problem. And it just became to the point of like, I wasn't showing up anymore. On Sunday mornings, I was showing up like two minutes before I was supposed to get on stage to preach. Um, and then, I mean, it just became too much, right? Yeah. To where the church said, we need to get you help and Still didn't know that I was struggling with addiction. So do you remember all that kind of correctly? That's before I went to rehab at Mm -hmm. a place called Honey Lake Clinic. 
yeah yeah no that's that's also what i remember um yeah they had given you about a month off and nothing was different the day you went back after after that month um i remember so i was at my job i remember um several of the elders like in particular during that month off would like call me and I didn't want to like talk about everything in my office. So I would like go outside and I worked in downtown Jacksonville and would like walk around the building talking to them on the phone as they were like checking in on you, checking in on me, like asking if I had any idea what was going on. Like, how do we explain this? You know, what really is it? And I, yeah, I just remember being like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, not telling you anything. Mm-hmm. I just am at a loss and I don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. So I think that's when it finally came out. Cause right before I was supposed to go is when I took off, um, left and sorry, I'm not trying to get too heavy because <laughs> no, no, we're, we're just kind of telling the story then. You know, we'll have Becca back on to really see like how she felt and, and stuff like that. But so to sum it all up, I ended up leaving. Um, I took off, just completely left. Well, can I give more context? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it had been a few more months at that point of just like having no idea what was going on, but it progressively getting worse and worse and just knowing that I could not continue to bear what felt like the responsibility of your life um, every day by myself. So I, we'd been looking into like clinics and inpatient things just more so for like mental health and physical health. At this point, I still had no idea there was addiction involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd found this place, Honey Lake, that seemed like a really good mix of, they had addiction recovery, um, which I didn't think was needed at the time, but they also had kind of like a pastoral care program where people could, pastors could come there for um, respite or for just a place of retreat um, if they were taking sabbatical or something. And then they also had nurses and doctors on staff that could treat physical illness as well. So I was like, all right, this place sounds like whatever the issue is, they have a person and a team that can help. So I felt comfortable with you going there, it was a 30-day inpatient program. Um, And I just thought, okay, like, whatever it is, they'll be able to figure it out. Sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's kind of when my addiction came out, because I I just left. um, Because I was so, my mind was so messed up, I didn't know what to do. I just knew I didn't want to be trapped somewhere, is what I was thinking. And so... Uh, yeah, so I don't, I guess I don't need to go into all that because we've already been into all that. Okay. So, you know, obviously, uh, that addiction came out and, um, and, you know, I've, like I said, when I was sharing my story, been quite a few relapses. And so here we are right now, though. Yeah. We're smiling, looking yeah. at each other. Yeah. <laughs> so. Being in that position, I know we're going to have you on again, sweetie, to uh, kind of dig really deeper into this um, as we think through it. What is there anything you would recommend for somebody that's in the same 
position that you were in and still in, right? Because uh, yeah. it's not like you get completely healed of addiction and reco- and alcoholism. It's, it's something that you have to continue to fight the rest of your life. So yeah, and what recommendations or what helped you maybe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are in a situation similar, whether with a significant other or a son or daughter or friend, um, my heart definitely goes out to you because while I see how incredibly hard it is to be the addict or the alcoholic, um, it's also hard, incredibly hard to be the person loving and supporting the addict or alcoholic. Um, it's a lot of pressure um, to control situations that are 100% out of your control. And um, it's hard to decide what's right for you, your family, um, your loved one, when you just don't know what to do. Sure. Um, don't you cry on me. <laughs> don't you do it. What helped? Well, first of all, my recommendation for anyone everywhere is always counseling. Um, and that might take a while to find a right counselor, unfortunately. You might yeah. go to somebody and it just doesn't click. Yeah. Uh, so that's happened. Absolutely. To me. Yeah. Yes. We've, I guess we've kind of had different counseling experiences and we've gone to counseling together with some people. So we've kind of um, experienced it from a lot of different angles. For me, thankfully, the first counselor that I went to, I loved and um, continued to see her. So that was a really big blessing because I don't know that I would have walked into another office if that one had not worked out at the time. Um, But if you go to one and it's not the perfect fit, certainly, definitely keep going and keep trying other people. But just the place that I was at, it was such a reach for me to walk in there in the first place that I don't know if I would have had the like mental energy and capacity to do it a second time, (laughs) Um, a second time for the first time. So counseling was huge. And I think I went into counseling thinking that I was going to get answers on what to do in my situation. And I did not at all, but I got encouragement and help from myself personally um, and how I could make good decisions that were good for me, not good based on what anyone else might have thought from the outside looking in, but what felt right to me and how I could confidently move forward. And, you know, some weeks I might have been set on one decision and then quickly it changed to another. And um, it was a safe place to have those back and forth feelings and talk to them with someone that's not emotionally tied to the situation as well. I think that's a, a really big help. Yeah, that was a good one. And it sounded really awkward. And yeah, Becca, that was a good one. <laughs> you did good, <laughs> talking kid. Some, some deep, <laughs> some, talking about some deep stuff. Yeah, okay, that was great. Becca is still holding hands with her foot, by the way. Uh, that's right. Yeah. So I remember one of the things was you kind of had to start having your own life, right? Yeah. I mean, because I was caring for me. It was like consuming you. So what? How, how did that play out and how was that helpful? Yeah. Um, Sorry, that was a really long pause. <laughs> um, Great question. 
<laughs> Great question. Let me ponder it. Um, yes, one of I just remember so many months or I mean truly years, I don't know, the time is such a blur that I would be so worried about you all day while I was at work that I would rush home as soon as work was over to come home and make sure you were okay. Sometimes that meant make sure you were still alive um, and would not do anything with friends or for myself or, you know, go to the gym or go out to dinner because I was like, I've already been away from him for 10 hours today. Like I can't risk being away any longer. Like what would happen? Which is that false sense of control. Like there was nothing that I could control if I did come home and, you know, whatever scenario I was worried about had happened. Um, this makes more sense that sometimes when you would come home and I would play dead on the floor, you would not laugh. <laughs> you did not think that was funny. So I'm like, oh, okay. Now I understand. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, that did occur, right? Uh, many times. I mean, Rob, I still do stuff like that. <laughs> as I'm sure you can tell, um, Rob's quite, quite the prankster. And I love that about him. But sometimes not so funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time and a place. You gotta, you gotta that read, was not the time. Read the audience, the place. Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just really controlling my thoughts. I mean, I really, really felt like I was going crazy in my head, in my personality. Like I just um yeah, my mind was always running with all the things that could be happening. What's going on? Like where is he? It was stressful. No one should um, have to bear the constant weight of what someone else's decisions or actions will um, result in. It's just, it's too much. Right. Um, to be fair, I was usually on my recliner all day, right? 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But just goes to show you that the disease of addiction, I mean, affects the addict but it just also so much affects the family members and people people. that love them yeah um but yeah it was i had to figure out how to live somewhat of a normal life um with or without you which was sad but super helpful for me so i mean sometimes that meant going to parties alone and Everyone saying like, "Where's Rob? Where's Rob? Where's Rob?" I'd be like, "Hey, it's just me." He's on his recliner. He's on his recliner. He's probably playing dead, waiting Eating for me to whoppers. get home. <laughs> <laughs> Can't come to the door right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so sometimes that looked at showing showing up places we would have gone together alone, or you know, going out to dinner with girlfriends, or going to the gym after work on my way home instead of coming straight home. You know, uh, insert any different amount of, you know, things I could have done. It was just small decisions every day or every week to choose to continue to live myself, even if you were not in a place where we were really living much life together. Right. It was a big game changer. I mean, for a while, my uh, safe place, I mean, still is just for fun, but was our community pool. I mean, it was free, it was available, it was a mile away. Um, so I could just go there by myself with a book um, and do something 
that's really enjoyable to me any time in life, but especially during a hard season, it was just an escape for me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> awesome job, Beck. But yeah, no, but um, all that to say, like finding ways to still live, live your life um, is just really important and will bring back, at least for me, brought back a little bit of sanity and just the normalcy of saying yes to things that I would usually say yes to and showing up places that maybe at the moment I didn't feel like I should leave you to show up for, but it was really um, fulfilling to me. Yeah. That's all very helpful stuff. One of the things that is important to us is, you know, know, having conversations like this so we can help those not only in addiction, but also those who are loving people in addiction. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they get forgotten. Yeah. Because obviously all all eyes and attention and help are towards the addict to keep them alive and and do all that. but. Those who are loving people in that situation, it's just so hard, you know, and I've been there as well mm-hmm. with my loved ones too. So, so much of addiction is done in secret that even if a loved one knows um, that they're, you know, in relationship or friendship or whatever with an addict, if it's done in secret, it's hard to break that barrier of, well, they're not telling anyone that they're struggling. So, how can I tell someone? that I'm struggling with their addiction when it's all a great big circle of secrets. Um, So it's something I think for both of us that once we started opening up and being honest about, you know, Rob has had a lot of people come to him that maybe haven't told other people that they're struggling. And then same, I've had people come to me um, just to talk or get advice or just to be like, Hey, you're not alone. Um, It's like, once you break the secret, you break the power it holds over you. Um, so, I mean, we want to be a safe place for people struggling. Yeah. All right. Enough serious stuff. Okay. <laughs> I have one more thing I want to say about okay. something that was helpful to me. Go ahead. Is that allowed? I'll allow it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, the other thing that, other than counseling and just trying to find ways to live my life, um, the other biggest help for me was going to a support group. Um, I chose to go to Al-Anon. I know there are many different options out there available, but the first time that I sat in an Al-Anon meeting, I did not know anyone else there, but felt like they were speaking a language that I could understand. And it was like the first time that I'd heard it. Um, It was so much connection and um not a way that you want to connect with people because you know if you're there you all have a similar type of situation in your life in some capacity but it just felt like I had a bond with people that I didn't even know their names just based on shared life experiences and you can find support groups like that on the Google um super easily and if you're local to Jacksonville reach out to me I can let you know where I went but that was really really a lifeline for me during some hard times. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll add on to that. The disease of addiction, which I love people to go, it's not a disease. I'm like, the medical board and all these medical agencies have declared it a disease. Uh, So even though it looks different for all of us, it's very similar. So I know one thing for you, Becca, was learning 
more about that. Mm-hmm. Like why I did certain things that I did or why I do this or do that uh, and those patterns. So I know that was helpful. So I definitely am with you recommending that as well. Yeah. Uh, we all like to think, groups. I've heard you say this, we all like to think we're super unique, but the disease of addiction just really shows you that you're not the only one. You're not unique in what you're going through. And um, there's a lot of comfort in that when you're seeking other people um, to help and walk with you through a season. Yeah, that's great. All right, now to the fun stuff. (laughs) What are some things you weren't expecting in marriage, specifically to me, that annoy you about me? Oh. Some things I do. Okay. I can start off if you like. No, go <laughs> well, <ahead. laughs> please go on. <laughs> Your list is ready. Yes. I remember, this doesn't really bother me anymore, but this is the first thing that popped in my head. I remember in early marriage, it would drive me bonkers that I would use a cup, and maybe this is gross on my part. I would use the same cup for like three days and just carry it with me and use it to drink my water out of. And on any given day, you could have seven cups going. And you would get another seven the next day. Oh, yeah. Why well, have one when you can have seven? Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Anything else? Um, hmm. You, you say one and I'll think. Okay. That's good. I stop there. <laughs> absolutely hate and cannot stand that you do this and do it all the time. We'll be in a room talking about something. It'll be over. Oh, I know what you're going to say now. And I turn to walk out of the room, and then I hear you continue to talk. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just left the room. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I just love you so much, I don't want to stop talking oh, to you. jeez. Okay, you have another one? <laughs> Let's just give two more. Um... Can you think of something that is standing out to you that... I'm always annoyed by. Man, you really do love Trust me, Trust me, you? I know there's more. Um, Let's see. You get annoyed that, was it because I leave the door open or something? The refrigerator door cracked? Oh, well, sometimes you don't shut the freezer all the way. Uh, and then yeah. like the stuff gets melty and then it refreezes. And it's like my Beyond Burgers got frostbite all over it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I learned out that's a... Um, you know, a thing that happens in my family. My mom does that. My sister does that. Oh, really? Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, your sister leaves the cabinets open, right? Yeah, and then my mom <laughs> lets the refrigerator open. And <laughs> spouses get upset about that, apparently. Oh, so, man. Can you believe it? I'll be honest. After walking through addiction, I feel like so many things that probably used to bother me, now I'm like, meh. Yeah. I'm upset that we can't live in separate houses oh. <laughs> that's another one here's rob's you, best case scenario for a marriage you have to live with me in the same room no. i think we could have a great marriage by duplex you have one side i have another side go exactly ahead exactly what i was about to say sorry your best case scenario i was gonna say apartments next to each other let's get fancy and go with a duplex yeah me and brighton on one side you on the other side, and maybe like a little door in between that Brighton and the dogs can crawl back and forth in. I mean, I want to see you too. Well, yeah, yeah. but like on occasion, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys probably think I'm being really mean to my wife. I'm just an introvert. Yeah, and 
when I'm with 35 middle schoolers all day, boys, middle school boys, and I come home, I absolutely don't want to talk to anybody. I want to be by myself. Uh, and I just recharge by being by myself. So yeah. that has been, and I'm still adapting to that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's crazy because Becca is seriously the easiest person to live with. Most caring, Too loving. Kind. It's true. It's true. I don't know anybody that has ever said a bad word about you. <laughs> Except that guy, John, and they won't find him for a while. (laughs) I killed him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I like that, John. So, but yeah, and and that's what's crazy about it, because that's what it just goes to show. It's, you know, and and I'm saying this and all the introverts are going, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. So, but I do like living with you. Thanks. I love you. I love you too. And I'm so thankful that you came to share this tonight and we'll have you back on because there's a lot more to the story to share. Yeah. I'm going to think of a list of things that um, I get annoyed about about you and I'll be ready next time. Yes, man. I know I didn't prep you for that. Sorry. (laughs) That's the host's fault. All right. Well, this has been our topic of the week. Some suggestions, some suggestions for you and you and you. I've been doing this here for 41 years. A whole lot of blood and a whole lot of tears. So why don't you just sit right down in that chair? Let go of all your worries and your fears I have some suggestions some suggestions for you and you and you especially you in the back not listening here are suggestions with Matt and Rob Becca Rooney. <laughs> I've never called her That's that. That's the first time I've heard that cute yeah. name. You'll never hear it again. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So what is your one recommendation of anything that you're currently enjoying in life and that you'd like to share with other people so they can enjoy it as well? Mm, okay. So my recommendation is the band Need to Breathe. Come on. They are the best. I've been loving them for Gosh, my first Need to Breathe concert was in Los Angeles in approximately 2010, maybe 2009. Um, So I've been loving them for a long time, but I just visited a friend in Denver last week and got to see them at Red Rocks Amphitheater. And I mean, it was an amazing show, but it could have been the worst show they ever did and just being there and having live music again for the first time in so long, it would have felt like the best. But their music is just hits you in the soul. It's some of it's fun, some of it's lighthearted, and then some of it is just so deep it is like you are just worshiping Jesus along with Need to Breathe. So they're my jam. I love them. You should love them too. Check it out. You know what's disheartening is when 
you're a musician and you're working on an album that's about to come out and your wife recommends a different band. <laughs> but that's okay. No. <laughs> I su- Nothing but love to you, R. Christie. <laughs> that's right. I support that recommendation as well. I would like to recommend a television show. All right. It's on Apple TV. Oh, it's The Bachelor? I'd like to recommend a (laughs) television show. It's called Reservation Dogs. I really like it. It's about these four kids that are growing up on a reservation. And it's written um, by Native Americans that have grown up on reservation. So it's kind of a a unique take on that. Uh, And it's a comedy. It's Oh, I didn't know it was a comedy. I've seen you yeah. watching it um, as I've walked by a few times, but obviously haven't paid yeah, it's too much attention yet. Ironic humor, I guess you would say. Nice. Which I really enjoy, but yeah. that's a good show. So watch that if you have Apple TV, Reservation Dogs, and then go listen to some Need to Breathe. And Rob Christie coming out in a few weeks. I'll hey, let you know. That'll be my recommendation then. Hey, no. I'll <laughs> let you know when that album drops. Well, listen, baby mama. <laughs> we really appreciate you coming on. You did an awesome job, which I knew you would. Really? Because this is my first pod and the pressure was insurmountable. I'm never going to hear the end of this. Hey, when can we do another pod? I'll be so good. Yeah. When are we going to start our bachelor pod? Yeah, you guys hit me up um, if you want me and Rob to start a bachelor podcast. Hit her up on Facebook that she never looks at. Yeah, I suck at social media, but hit me up. Oh, show. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. We have left our child outside for this whole time, so we're just going to go make sure she's still out there. She's fine. All right. All right. We love y'all. Next Wednesday, we'll have a special guest on, Jonathan. Big part of my story. It was a neighbor driving by with music. Uh, But he has an awesome story about dying and coming back to life. Yeah, Jonathan's amazing, so definitely check it out next week to hear more from him. Yes, we'll be dropping again next Wednesday. So we love y'all. We'll see you soon. Peace.